0: Trust the movement. I negate the chaos, uplift the negative. I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Kathy Cowan-Becker and Randy Pudladnik. They are both volunteer organizers with Save Ohio Parks. No fracking on public land. Kathy Cohen Becker is a longtime climate and environmental activist in Central Ohio. From 2017 to 21, she led the Ready for 100 Ohio campaign, which pushed the city of Columbus to enact electric aggregation for 100% renewable energy and issue a climate action plan that aims to cut carbon pollution by 45% by 2030. She is the former director of the sustainability nonprofit, Simply Living. Kathy now works as Responsible Finance Campaign Director for the National Sustainability Group, Green America, and is volunteer co-lead for Save Ohio Parks, a grassroots campaign to resist forced fracking in our state parks and other public lands. Kathy holds master's degrees in history, journalism, public administration, and environment and natural resources. Dr. Randy Poklignick, you'll have to pronounce that correctly after I finish your bio um, doc, was born and raised in the Ohio Valley. She earned an associate degree in environmental engineering, a BA in chemistry, master's and PhD in environmental studies. She is certified in hazardous materials regulations and holds a teaching license in STEM. She worked as a research chemist for National Steel Corporation and has taught secondary and post-secondary science and math classes for more than 20 years. She now volunteers for several local grassroots groups, including FACT, Ohio, Citizens Climate Lobby, Mid-Ohio Valley, Climate Action, and Save Ohio Parks. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio.
1: Thank you for having
0: us. Randy, please tell folks how you pronounce your name.
1: It's Poe And okay. my husband had the 23 and me done and he found that he's 97% Polish. Not that we
0: doubted it. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. Okay, so recently the oil and gas industry, with the aid of state ag- agencies and legislators and our governor, now shall frack Ohio's parks, forests, lakes, and wildlife areas. How is this possible? Let's start with you, Kathy.
2: So this goes back to 2011 when HB 133 passed and HB 133 said may frack that oil and gas companies can apply to a state agency that manages any public land and ask to frack on that land or under that land and the agency may allow it. And at that time when that passed, there was a huge uproar. Uh, Many longtime activists in Ohio may remember a 2012 protest where Bill McKibben and Josh Fox came to town and spoke, and we occupied the Statehouse Rotunda for several hours. There was probably 800 people there. And then after that, what came out was that this was under the Kasich administration. We found out that ODNR through documents that, that came to light had been working with the oil and gas industry, which they are supposed to regulate. They had been working with them to create public relations plans to sell fracking in our parks. And those plans referred to environmentalists as obstacles and skilled propagandists, among other terms. That's what they called us citizen activists. So after that, the you-know-what really hit the fan, and there was a huge uproar. And Kasich ended up doing a 180 on this. He had supported fracking in public lands. He, He stopped supporting it. And so the commission that was created by 133, which is now the Oil and Gas Land Management Commission, He never named anybody to it, and the whole thing just went dormant. So then fast forward to 2022. Mike DeWine is governor, and he is deeply in bed also with the oil and gas interests, as we know, through HV6 and a number of his aides. And we don't even need to go into all that. That's a whole other story. Um, But what happened is in the state legislature, um, there was a bill that was about poultry chicks. It was about selling three versus six poultry chicks for what 4-H students, because how many they could sell at once. And the oil and gas industry got their people in the state house, in the Senate committee to stuff it. It's called, now referred to as the stuffed chicken bill. They put in a bunch of oil and gas amendments, one of which says that uh, methane gas is green, which we we know it's not, but they put that in there. And the other one was the amending that language from may frack to shall frack. And that was to stay in there until an oil and gas land management commission started meeting and promulgated rules for hearing these nominations. So that kick-started this whole process. This commission that hadn't been meeting began to meet. Uh, DeWine had named people to it. And they promulgated rule. The rule they put through the process was very simple. There's really not much to it. Um, we even asked for additional public input. We didn't get that in the rule. We got that in the voluntary agency guidelines. Um, but that rule has actually gone through the process, and it is now in place. It was put in place in late May. I think May 28th or something is when that was finally approved. So with that, the formal language does revert back to FRAC. This commission does have discretion now. They can say no, but all of these applications will now go through this one commission. We don't think they're going to say no very often because it's it's four men. Two of them are representatives of the oil and gas industry. One is of the real estate industry and one is um, supposedly of conservation and environment, but he's been going along with everything the others want to do. So we think that they will probably rubber stamp a lot of these. But we are hoping to raise even more of a hue and cry and citizens outcry because people, if they find out when they find out this is happening, they are against it. They Even if they support oil and gas exploration in other areas, they don't in our parks. Our parks, our public lands, our forests, our wildlife areas, these are supposed to be protected. That was the deal. And people do not want this to happen. And we want to get that to this commission, making the decisions and to Governor DeWine as the buck eventually stops with him as well. And so that's why we started Save Ohio Parks.
0: All right. Well, that is it in in a big nutshell right there. What's going on? Doc, can you tell us why you got involved in this fight to save Ohio Parks? You've been in the fracking fight for a while and you, you understand the science. What brought you into this fight to save Ohio Parks?
1: Well, we started, my husband and I, to to address this fracking issue way back in 2015. And it was just, you know, starting to enter into Harrison, Jefferson, uh, Carroll, Belmont counties. And it kept getting worse. And and we saw the uptick. And then last June, uh, we live adjacent to Muskingum Watershed property. We live on private owned land. But they uh, leased out 7,300 acres to Encino. And then once they did that, we noticed, uh, you know, more and more uh, of the brine trucks, more frac pads, more pipelines. And then this issue hit around December. You know, I heard about it. Someone had called me and, and mentioned it. And I said, well, we, we just can't let this happen because we already know what's going on living in the middle of it every day and seeing the, the destruction that it causes. So that was, you know, really a reason to, to head into it. And I, I think one of the biggest problems with the people in in the state of Ohio, and especially the politicians, um, the politicians tend to ignore the science. I think the people just don't understand the science, and probably the politicians, a lot of them don't as well. But it, unlike New York State, where um, they didn't go into this head first without any knowledge, they stood back and did studies and listened to the experts and the medical experts. And they said, no, this doesn't sound like a good idea. We're going to ban it from the state. Well, Ohio didn't do that. Ohio just said, this is going to make us a lot of money, and we're going to go right ahead and do it, regardless of the fact that it's exempt from all major uh, federal environmental regulations, including the Clean Water Act. And so fracking has pretty much made the rural area where I live in, in the southeast portion of the state, an industrial zone. And some people certainly have made money off of it that own a large tract of land. but The other side of the coin is is that we're being poisoned slowly, just just like we were back during the cold days and and when the timbering, you know, raped and plundered the state. We are the sacrificial community that's dealing with this. And we had one, you know, little pocket of hope in these these state parks and these state forest to preserve, you know, the species and the biodiversity and, and make a refuge for the citizens of the state to go to and hike and bike and and come from the big inner cities and and enjoy nature and now these are on the chopping block and and just thinking about what they've done here and what they could be doing in the state parks is just uh i can't my blood pressure went sky high it isn't raging and to know you know the chemicals that could be in the ecosystem from either spills on the frack pads or you know intentional discharges this means more injection wells uh, this just means more pipelines, more roads, more well pads. It's just, it's, uh, you know, horrendous what's going to happen if this
0: proceeds. Mm -hmm. But Governor Mike DeWine assures Ohioans that the fracking pads cannot be sited on public lands. Can you spell this one out? Kathy?
2: Yes. So when DeWine signed HB 507, he issued an executive order saying that there will be no, quote, surface impacts, meaning you're not supposed to put frack pads in the park or other impacts such as pipelines, things like that. Um, But let's take the major nomination right now, which is... Three nominations. What they This is what they call these applications, our lease nominations from, uh, we're not allowed to know which company, but we believe it to be Encino, with Salt Fork State Park. So this is our largest state park, one of the gems, maybe the best in our state park system. They want to surround Salt Fork State Park with probably 15, 14, between 14 and 16 frac pads. We, we aren't exactly sure of the count, but something about that many. Each of those would have, you know, between them, 89 wells, and they want to frack 281 parcels under this park. And let's keep in mind that our state parks and and all of our protected lands are about 3% of Ohio land mass. And if you look at a map, say, from Frack Tracker Alliance, which, which traces all these things, and you look at where all the horizontal fracking has already happened, It's just all around all of these parks, and then it stops at the park border, but they have already gotten almost all of the land in the shale play in Eastern Ohio, but they want it all. And there is just no way that 14, 16 frack pads around Salt Fork is not, they will tell you, oh, you'll never know, it won't affect you. It will. They, they are injecting toxic chemicals that Randy talked about into the ground, millions of gallons of them. They've got to get the water that goes into that from somewhere. We think it'll come from the streams or the beautiful lake that's in Salt Fork. They flare methane. And so, you know, imagine trying to camp and you're camping out and then you've got 14 rigs around you flaring methane. They keep uh, full lighting on at night. And so there goes all of our dark sky areas in Ohio. You know, you have these astronomy groups that go out into the wilderness to see the sky. You won't be able to do that there. And then that's just not to mention what will happen to the wildlife, to the fish. And, and it's just incompatible with any use of this park, of camping, fishing, boating, swimming, hiking, bird watching, hunting, Sanity. you want to do. Sanity. Sanity. It's insanity. And that's why people go to these parks is to see it's the last vestiges of as natural as we have land in Ohio. Ohio has been a very industrialized state over
0: history, but these parts are supposed to be protected. It's heinous, quite frankly. It is. Heinous. Um, Let's talk about this Oil and Gas Land Management Commission, because I've spoken in front of them. uh, I've testified in front of them. How much... sway do they have can they actually refuse randy let's start with you on that one
1: i i don't know if they i mean i'm assuming because the the final decision is in their hands that they can say no but uh whether or not they'll listen to the science and say no that's that's another issue and you know i i think um governor dewine has tried to backpedal a little bit by claiming that the the well pads aren't going to be on the property specifically But anyone who's been around oil and gas knows there's not like a magic invisible wall that encloses all the air emissions and all the water emissions. So regardless of whether it's going to be directly on park property, it can be 50 feet away from park property, and that's going to damage the ecosystem that it's sitting right next to. And I I don't, you know, I doubt, I I don't know for sure, but I doubt that these men that are on this committee have read any peer-reviewed studies on this, and I think they're probably going to be cheerleaders for the oil and gas industry, but the more that we get the word out and try to educate people about the externalities, and not only to the, the state parks and forests, but to the people that live in the rural communities around these state parks and forests, that they will be enraged enough that they will demand justice and say, no, hands off, these are our parks, and Four people should not be in charge of making that decision based on really no scientific background. We know there's no MDs and there's no PhDs within that four-person committee.
0: Kathy, how can we influence this commission? Uh, Well, we can submit public comments and
2: we have an action alert on... Our website right now, saveohioparks.org. It's in the very first, what we call the slider, the big pictures that rotate at the very top of the website. The very first one is to uh, submit a letter to uh, to the commission with a comment about Salt Fork. And we have a form letter in there, but we encourage people to personalize it and then send that. That will Once you hit send, it goes directly to the commission. And if you sign up for the Save Ohio Parks mailing list, and there's a place on our website to do that as well, uh, then we will be sending you future action alerts because these nominations, we still, had, we still have several other nominations besides Salt Fork. We have um, Wolf Run is targeted for fracking. Wolf Run is a state park. And then two wildlife areas, one called Valley Run and one called Zeppernick. Um, and there's going to be more rolling in, you know, we anticipate. So we will be sending out further action alerts and to try to get comments on all of these.
0: Excellent. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Kathy Cowan Becker and Randy Podladnik. And they are both volunteers, organizers with saveohioparks.org. Everyone go to that website today. It's a really well-informed um, written um, website, lots of information, timeline of what's going on and what you can do to help this cause, as well as donate. So that's saveohioparks.org. Can you tell us a little bit about the people that are involved in this? Is, are they national organizations? Are they um, nonprofits? Who are the folks that are involved in this in this effort? Kathy?
2: Um, yes, this is really a grassroots started and continued effort. So this really started with two people in Athens County, longtime environmental activists, I think they may have been on your show at some point, um, Lorraine McCosker and Roxanne Groff. And Lorraine saw this happen. She's a longtime protect, you know, public lands advocate, and she saw this happen. This stuffed chicken bill get pushed through. There wasn't even any testimony in the here in the Senate committee about this. They just approved these amendments, rushed it through. It was passed, landed on DeWine's desk, and he signed it. So somehow I got, I'm not even sure how I got involved with that, but, but we began working through, we had no website at that time, no anything. Uh, so we began working through allied organizations as this rule that I mentioned was going through its process. The Oil and Gas Land Management Commission held um, at least two hearings, plus a couple of other meetings that we weren't allowed to speak at. Um, but we got that information out through allied organizations, so like Third Act Ohio, Citizens Climate Lobby Ohio, Sierra Club Ohio, Ohio Environmental Council, um, Buckeye Environmental Network, Ohio Valley Allies. Um, I think there, there are probably some others, um, but just trying to get them to send to their mailing lists, and that way we got the word out. And we were able, during the rulemaking process, to generate 673 comments on one of the rule. For one hearing and 575 for another hearing and this was with no website no organization at all and it's still so we have about 50 people who've been coming to meetings and working on committees and taking responsibility for like we have a social media team and you know that we have people planning the we haven't mentioned this yet but we are planning a major event in Salt Fork State Park on Saturday, July 1st at noon, Um, kind of a rally, an education session. So we have people working on planning that. And and people are really motivated by this, but it it is all founded, driven by the grassroots. It's all volunteer. Um, And we are the people who own, the people of Ohio, we own and use our public land and we deserve
0: a say in what happens to it. And oh, Randy, what other lands, um, Kathy mentioned Wolf, Wolf Park, or? Um, yeah, but you, yeah, go ahead. Now there's, um, like, Wolf Wolf
1: Run is in noble county, so it's south of us. We're in Harrison County, but, you know, there are a lot of other parks that are on the list. Basically, anything that's in the, the seven southeastern counties that are li- lying on top of the Marcellus and the Utica Shale, and there's, there's, you know, the, the Kaepernick is in uh, Carroll County, and then there's another uh, place in uh, Columbiana County, and they're all counties that are side by side, just, you know, going down this little ridge uh, just west of the Ohio River where the, all that shale oil and, and gas is located. I, I would mention one other thing uh, as far as activities. On Wednesday, um, there was a committee that Roxanne pushed hard to get Um, We are going to do presentations in front of the um, Oil and Gas Land Commission. And there's Dr. Uh, Ted Ock, who works for Fract Tracker. Silverio Caggiano, he is a retired uh, fire chief. And myself, and we're going to be allowed to actually do um, 20 minutes each, a presentation, and give our side or give the science facts about this. Because in March, the MWCD uh, came in with their dog and pony show, and all they wanted to talk about was money 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 and how much money could be made but no one mentioned of course the elephant in the room climate change and no one mentioned any of the externalities and and this is a, a, you know a lot of times this is what happens even like when this industry first came to our area and they would have meetings in the township halls and my husband and i went to a couple of them And there would be a lot of uh, people there that owned large acres of farms and uh that's all they wanted to talk about how much money can i get if i signed a lease And no one ever put out any of the information about the air emissions, the water emissions, even like endocrine disruption to cattle. They're finding out that runoff from these pads, which a lot of times are located in a farm area, will influence the endocrine system of the animals that drink from the streams that this runoff eventually goes into. I mean, it's just so many issues
0: associated with it. I can't think of anything crazier (laughs) than than to, you know, frack a, a park. So, Kathy, you and I spent some time at Standing Rock in 2016, 2017, Mm -hmm. where indigenous water keepers and allies uh, put their bodies on the line to protect the drinking water of millions downstream from the Dakota Access Pipeline Mm -hmm. going under the Missouri River um, and intending to go under the Missouri River. And through Standing Rock, Sioux Tribe Sovereign Territory. Is this what we need to do here in Ohio? Do we, you know, the, the of all people of all stripes who are concerned about climate change, who are concerned about our water, our air, our soil and concerned about this devastation the industry, extractive industries is taking on Ohio. Do we need to be standing and putting our bodies to stop this?
2: That's a really good question. And at some point, it may come to that. Right now, the main thing we're trying to do right now is educate people because people just don't know this is happening. There's thousands of people that are going to be at Salt Fork State Park on Saturday when we're there. And I would bet you that half a percent of them have any idea that that park is on the chopping block. And so we want to let people know because the vast majority of people do not support this and would not support this. And we want to get their opinions into the commission and into Governor DeWine because it was public outcry that stopped this before. It turned around Governor Kasich. And we want even more of that now. So that's our tactic as of now. Um, And we can discuss further, you know, we're not going to be doing civil disobedience on Saturday. Um, That requires a lot of training and preparation, which we haven't done. Uh, But, you know, um, we certainly aren't ruling it out for the future.
0: For folks that want to come on Saturday, July 1 at noon, where can they find information? So on our
2: website, also in that slider area I mentioned, there's rotating pictures and um, one of those takes you to the information about the Saturday event at Salt Fork, and that'll take you to a page on our Action Network where you can register and you can get all the information. Um, but you just go into the park entrance, and then it's it's a big park, so it's fairly far back, but Shelter One is next to the Nature Center and next to the beach. They're, they actually have a beach at Salt Fork for their lake there that a lot of people swim at. So we're expecting it to be very crowded, and so part of the purpose of our event is just to Get the word out to just the regular people who are there that this park that you love so much,
0: this is on the chopping block. Randy, for the folks that are coming to Salt Fork that don't know the science, what are the things they should be concerned about as far as the air pollution or the water that actually fracking does produce and that would happen impact the folks in the park?
1: Well, I, I think by putting our parks on the chopping block, uh, we're going to allow them to take that tiny three percent of the landmass of Ohio that used to be and still is um, a storage for all of our biodiversity, our neotropical birds, and all the things that make a park special or the reasons that people go to parks, that's going to disappear if they allow this to go on. A lot of people fish in those parks, they eat the fish, they swim. I mean, a lot of kids, that's the first time they ever really get to interact with nature. And if you care about, you know, the natural world and all the other organisms in it, I mean, it's really time to speak out. I mean, like we mentioned, you know, what, what will it take? I, I don't know what it will take. I, I just know I have two granddaughters and I am afraid for the world that they're going to end up getting if we don't put the brakes on to, to this fracking issue. And a lot of states have banned it. Countries have banned it. Um, you know, we have to decide, do, do we want a livable planet or do we want a dollar bill? And there are other ways to make money, but sadly Appalachian people are just, they've had a learned helplessness. They don't know any other way but extractive industry. And I think politicians prey on that. And they also uh, use that to push through projects that are, are very dangerous for the local people as well as the environment itself. And they need to look and be more imaginative at other ways to make money to sustain the state. This This shouldn't be one of them. We should not have to sacrifice our parks So that they can give somebody else a tax cut or make money for the state.
0: Okay. So your ask right now, the SaveOhioParks.org is to get educated and to write letters to the commission and to the governor and get involved with your organization. And so they know what's going on and also donate to your organization. The money goes just to the cause, it doesn't go to anybody because there's nobody getting paid. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Yeah, we we just have
2: expenses like creating flyers or you know hosting the website that you've seen, um, making a banner, uh, things like having a few cookies at the event on Saturday, things like that that are expenses.
0: Okay, well, the um, frontline activist in me kind of is in awe of your patience and your strategy. And um, I know, Kathy, you are a very good organizer and you get things done. I saw what you did with um, Ready for 100. So I really, and Randy, I know you're in this for the long haul and you have so much knowledge to bring to this this effort. So folks, look at saveohioparks.org, get involved, because there will not be any more public parks left. After the oil and gas industry and our and our supermajority state house that is all about the dollar um, has um, has complete access to all our parks. If you have one thing to ask our listeners, what would that be, Dr. Pokladnik, Randy? I would say go
1: go to the website and and read some of the material that's on there because, uh, as I mentioned before, I don't think people really understand. And it was never really put out in the media, especially in this area, all the issues that are involved in fracking, the water usage, you know, at least, you know, 5 million gallons to frack a Marcellus well, and where this is going to be coming from and how this is going to impact the parks, but but also, like I mentioned, the the local communities, the truck traffic and the noise and the lights. And, you know, you can't, this won't work. You can't have a park and an industrial facility side by side. It just won't work. and, And people need to push back on it.
0: Thanks. And you, Kathy.
2: So our other ask is once you do get educated and find out about this is to join this yourself. And one way you can do that, because we do need to let people know that is the first, the first thing that has to happen is people have to be told that this is going on. So we also have launched Save Our Parks Saturdays. And for that, you can just go to any park. It can be a state park, and that'd be awesome. But really, even a city park or a county park, just stand somewhere, like some central location or maybe at the entrance, and we can help you with flyers. But just tell people that this is happening, that our state parks, wildlife areas,
0: forests, and all our public lands are on the chopping block. And save Our time is up, Kathy. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you. You can stream Grasswood, Ohio on Fridays at 5 p.m. at WGRN.org and on Sundays at 2 p.m. at WCRS-FM at 92.7, 98.3. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.